Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. And I want to newly appreciate you this week for taking the time out of your life to listen to the show, to be part of what we're building. And obviously, I'm including those of you that have been banging the drum for Unfuck Nation on Instagram recently, wearing your new t shirts and hoodies that you can buy at theunfuckstore.com. And we're going to be adding new items to that in the coming weeks and months, so keep your eye on that. This week's show is like all the other shows that I endeavor to put out there. This is an important one. It's one that you really need to listen to. Often you'll hear me talk about responsibility. And it's one of the basic foundational pieces, if you like, of not only my philosophy, but existentialism in general, right? That's the well that I like to kind of dip into and get these little nuggets of wisdom for you. But people often confuse this whole notion of responsibility and blame, particularly. Often when I'm talking about responsibility, people say, isn't that victim shaming or victim blaming or a lot of psychological terms? now getting introduced to a philosophical conversation, okay? And it doesn't work when that happens. Psychology is its own thing. I'm not a fucking psychologist. Philosophy is its own thing. So what I'd like you to get is, out of this show, is a real insight into what responsibility actually means for you. And one of the places where responsibility most often gets confused with blame is in relation to our past, but another place is in our relationships, right? Or love relationships, or family relationships. And so you hear a lot of people say, well, I'm going to take responsibility for my actions, right? Which won't give you full power, by the way. It will not give you full power. It'll just give you like maybe a sense of relief. And often when people say, well, I'm going to take responsibility for my actions, And then they stand there with their fucking hand cupped around their ear waiting for the other person to say the same thing. And if it doesn't happen, well, now you got resentment, right? So responsibility in terms of what I'm talking about when I discuss and talk about this word responsibility is a form of ownership, right? I own how this is. There's a reason why you don't say ownership and you really do need to start using the word responsibility. One of the examples that I like to use, by the way, is driving your car. 
You don't drive your car like you're to blame. You drive your car responsibly. And if you lived your life that way, you might actually have a very different life. Unfortunately, even in the car driving scenario, by the way, we get any situations in our lives. I'm going to give you a kind of extreme example that I think will be a good way to kind of start wrapping your head around responsibility. And by the way, you should be really out to wrap your head around responsibility. It's the single most powerful gift that I've ever gotten. Okay. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. When I got that I'm responsible, it was like a light bulb went off in my head and it was a blazing bright light bulb, right? Not just some little Edisonian glow. All right. So if you're driving your car and you say, I'm driving my car responsibly and somebody cuts across you in traffic and there's an accident and it slows all the traffic down and you're 20 minutes late getting to work. You might walk into work and say, well, there was an accident, right? And there was. And you might say, well, that's why I'm late. There's an accident or there was an accident and that's why I'm late. So you're drawing a straight line of causality, as I like to call it, all right? So this happened and this is the cause of where I am right now, okay? And most people just accept that. That's fine, okay? And it seems pretty reasonable, doesn't it? Doesn't that seem pretty reasonable? Like I'm driving down the street or the highway. There's an accident in front of me. Slows all the traffic down. I'm 20 minutes late. It was the accident that did it. Right. Okay. But that won't give you any real power, actually. It'll give you an explanation. But... The first thing that you really want to grab out of this is that little kind of vignette of life that I gave you there. That is exactly how you live your life. You live your life that way. You live your life drawing a straight line between that item and this item. Between that and this, between this and that. I am this way because, I'm this way today because, can't do this because, you're drawing a line from one point to another point to explain yourself, to explain either why you are the way you are or why you're doing what you're doing. And I see it all the time online, you know, people say, I'm this kind of person and I'm that kind of person, therefore this is the way I am. Like, that's it, I'm fucked, right? Which I don't adhere to at all. So I want you to first kind of get that in your mind, like, sorry, see your life, like, yeah, I do, like, I'm this way because of my weight. I'm this way because of my father. I'm this way because of, because of, because of, because of, right? But let's go back to our little traffic thing for a moment. You see, what if you'd left 20 minutes earlier? Or five minutes earlier? Or 10 minutes earlier? What if you'd taken a different route to work? What if you'd taken the bus? Now, none of those might save you from being light, right, on that particular day. But I want you to get, like, there were other alternatives. Now, I'm not saying everybody should leave 20 minutes earlier to 
to take care of potential accidents, although there are people in life who do such a thing, by the way. I just firstly want you to get that there were alternatives. You might have walked into work and said, I'm 20 minutes late, and there was an accident on the highway, and I don't build time into my travel time for that sort of stuff. Now, that would be being responsible, right? Without blaming yourself. And I know some of you are already like, what the f? I'm not doing that. I just want you to start to see, like, the more all-encompassing your responsibility becomes, you start to own your emotional state. You start to own and take responsibility for how your finances are going. You want to own and take responsibility, and I mean take full responsibility for how your love life is going. And start to notice how, let's use the example of your, your love life, how it's built upon looking over there to see how they're doing so you can work out how the whole thing's going to go. See, look, if you take your finances, for example, right, and you kind of compare it to your love life, you don't go around saying, I mean, I'm giving it my all. It's just the bank's not playing the game with me. It's a 50-50 relationship. <laughs> Holy shit. No, it's not. But all too often, we get responsibility and blame collapsed. We put them in together, and they're not. They're very distinct phenomenon. As a society, we're absolutely fucking fascinated by who's to blame. Absolutely fascinated. It's a throwback to when we used to roam around in packs. And if something went wrong, we'd find somebody to blame and throw them out of the pack. And if you were out of the pack back then, you were as good as dead because you had to survive in the wilds of the world on your own and that your chances of survival were greatly increased if you were part of a group. So it's a throwback. And that's why we have so much emotional attachment to it. It's a fucking complete hijack for our brain and our emotional state. Who did it? Who's to blame? Who did this? And, you know, some of you look in your, your love life right now, it's completely about who's to blame for whatever, this thing and that thing, my bad mood, your bad mood, this situation. It's who's to blame. From time to time, I get asked to consult with groups or companies. And it's one of the things that I eradicate immediately. Like I go to work on saying that if you ask them, can I create a situation where they might be stuck or struggling? It's often a conversation for who's to blame. Like they're trying to get to the bottom of something. And it's the equivalent of there's a hole in the fucking boat. The boat's sinking. And everyone's arguing about who did it. So to take out that kind of dynamic of blame and start to put in one of responsibility, which they're two very different phenomena. If you start to adopt responsibility as your own, then it's not a question of who's to blame. It's a question of what am I going to do about it? This situation that I'm in right now, it doesn't matter who's to blame. What am I 
going to do about it? And if you say nothing, that's the degree to which you're willing to be responsible. And then, you know, if the noise in your head right now is, yeah, but what about them? That's why you're fucked. In my relationship, for instance, with my wife or my children, I don't put anything on them about how this is going. I put that on myself like, oh, that's my responsibility. Why? Because I want this to go a certain way. I'm not going to hold you to account for how I want this to go. <laughs> And it's the same at work. If you think about how much you blame the environment at work on other people or on the environment, and there you are blaming, quietly complaining to yourself, talking to other people about it, you are the environment. I know this might blow your fucking mind, but when you leave there at night and they switch the lights off, there's nothing there. It changes when people arrive. So you're in an environment for complaint. And you might be like, well, but I want things to be better. Yeah, by complaining. Or do you actually want to be someone who walks in there and says, okay, there are maybe people in here who behave in a certain way and I'm just not going to be one of them. I'm not going to be that person in here. I'm not going to. And you might say, well, that's hard because everybody, so fucking what? So what? And it's the same in your family. Show up. Show the fuck up. There's the people in the swamp. And then there's the people talking about how bad the fucking swamp is. And then there's those that are just saying, I'm not playing that game. I'm playing a different game. And that's it. And so that's when you start to take responsibility for how things are. I'm taking responsibility here. What would I do? Somebody once asked me, like, what if you as a human being took responsibility for world hunger? What would you do? Like, fuck. Are you kidding me? I'm just one person. I know, but if you took responsibility for it, what do you see? Not took the blame. It's not about blame or shaming you or guilting you. What if you took responsibility for how your life has turned out and finally just owned it? It's just turned out the way it's turned out, and I own that. I'm not blaming anybody. Why? Blame won't do you any fucking good. It'll fucking toxify you. You'll get burdened by your blame, no matter how innocent or right you think you are. You'll pay. It turned out the way it turned out. You turned out the way you turned out. If you take on being responsible, looking out into the future, what do you need to handle? What do you need to do to empower yourself? What do you need to do to support yourself? What do you need to learn? How do you need to educate yourself? What are you up to? If you take full responsibility for how things are, there's no need to blame. And I know some of you think you get something out of it. You don't. You don't. You just get more burdened. You can never shake that fucking thing off. Then you're left with phrases like, I'm doing my best. 
which I've no real interest in doing my best. My best is some measure based on what I've done before. I've no interest in that shit. I'm interested in being responsible, like posing yourself a question. If I'm, if I'm going to be responsible for producing double my income next year, what am I doing right now? If I'm going to be responsible for having love in my life, what am I doing that's consistent with that? And by the way, having love in your life doesn't mean you're getting it. It just means you're expressing it. Fuck's sake. You don't get love. It's not like a fucking Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. You love. You express it, but I'm not getting it back. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of like the deal. You're there to broadcast, not receive. You broadcast, you broadcast, you broadcast, you broadcast. Sounds exhausting. Only if you're trying to get something back. It's not exhausting if you're into the whole idea of expressing it. Like being loving. Not as a manipulation or a tool to get something else, but rather just for the sake of it. Like I love because I can. I forgive because I can. I grind because I can. I work because I can. And on and on and on. All basic tenets of being responsible. Not responsible like the way you've been fed it in society. Like, oh yeah, you're responsible. Like you pay your fucking bills on time or shit like that. But if you come at it from another approach, like if your finances are in the toilet, you might say to yourself, well, am I acting in a way that's consistent with being fully responsible for how my finances are going? And if the answer is no, then what do I need to do to take on being responsible for how this is turning out? Responsibility is the greatest fucking gift you'll ever give yourself. And no one can give it to you. A human being will turn themselves into a fucking victim in a heartbeat. Even the most robust human beings are doing it. And doing it aggressively, like an aggressive victim. (laughs) Oh, I'm taking none of this shit. I'm coming back against you. Like, what? What? That's not being robust. It's being vindictive or resentful. People can get fuel out of negative energy. You can get fuel out of it. But it will burn you out. It'll burn you out. There's no sustenance in it. The sustenance in continually putting yourself on the doorstep of what's next and owning it. Continually putting yourself on the doorstep of what's next and owning the whole fucking thing. How this is going. It's on me and I love it. I love that it's on me because when it's on me, I get to do things and say things and be certain ways that influence how it's turning out. And I'm asking myself, is this sufficient with how this is turning out? Do I need to raise my game? Responsibility has you continually be the force of nature in your life instead of seeking it. You are that person. You walk into work and you say, I own being light. Traffic is what traffic is. I own it. Not like, well, the traffic's always terrible around here. My boss is such an asshole for time. And Be responsible. Give yourself some power with it. I'm always looking for ways to get myself 
on the hook, not off the hook. Because when I'm on the hook, then shit makes sense. I don't say, well, look at that fucking guy. He's just an asshole to me. Like, no, I ask myself, like, who am I that this guy's an asshole? Who am I? Like, checking in with, what are the ways that I'm communicating? What are other ways that I can communicate? How can I get my point across? Being a responsible human being. There's so much made today of people being asked to be responsible for what they say and how they say it. And there's a whole blame culture around it, okay? Because we're human beings and it's all about blame. So don't, don't you fucking dare politicize what I'm saying. You should know better as a member of the nation. Don't politicize what I'm saying. Politics is just fundamentally a place where people can go and be right. That's it. And you get rewarded for being a bigger and bigger and bigger asshole. That's kind of like the spot where we find ourselves. We find ourselves in this culture of blame around what people are saying and how they're saying it. We're listening for how they're saying it and to point to and go, ah, ah, see, right there. But what's the one thing people are unwilling to be responsible for? How they listen. No one's willing to be responsible for the way that they're listening. If you listen for cynicism, you'll find it. If you listen for hatred, you'll hear it. You're always getting what you're listening for. Look at your relationships. Look at your relationship with your parents. It's not like what they say. It's like, no, I know what you mean. No, you're getting what you listen for. You're fucking trigger waiting to go off. We talked about that in last week's podcast. It's being responsible for what you say and being responsible for how you listen. And actually getting connected to the things that you're listening for, starting to understand them. So in my case, right, generally how I go around in life is I speak like it means everything and I listen like it means nothing. I speak like it means everything, like my words have weight. And I listen to yours like they don't. Not like what you're saying isn't important because it might be really important. I just do the thinking to make sure it doesn't carry any weight for me. Like my ego isn't triggered or offended or some shit. People do what they do. But I'm going to speak responsibly because it's important for me as a human being to fully embrace the way in which you relate to me. Like I'm creating who I am with you when I talk. And I'm responsible for it. And if it doesn't land in the right way, I'm going to say it in another way until it does. I'm responsible. Not to blame. It's not about blame. It's more in that domain of, of ownership. And so responsibility is ever-increasing circles of responsibility. You start with the little things and you get bolder and bolder and bolder. I'm being responsible for how my body is. What am I doing right now? If I'm being responsible for how my finances are, what am I doing right now? If I'm responsible for my happiness, what am I fucking doing about that? Am I being happy or am I searching happy? Am I being success or am I looking for it? 
Am I being loving? Or am I asking for it? All right, we're going to go on a little break. I'm going to come back with a brilliant question from the nation. As usual, if you want to participate, by the way, with your questions or your comments or your ideas for future shows, connect at Gary John Bishop. Send me an email. Call me, 646-450-3203. Or check out the website, unfucknation.com. And also, by the way, the Unfuck store, oh my God, has been getting so much traffic. Like these fucking t-shirts are flying like hotcakes. I've actually got my people working on some new designs. So you're going to love them. Anyway, we'll be back in a minute with our question from the nation. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to this week's episode. As usual, I've got a fucking brilliant question for you from Rachel, right? Now, Rachel sent me a voicemail and then she sent another voicemail. <laughs> and then she sent another one. All right, so I'm going to give you the gist of it. I'm not going to read you uh, like word for word for word. And Rachel, you did a really great job of giving me the whole picture, okay? But I'm going to explain something about our desire to give people the whole picture. We think by saying more about this thing or that thing, because it's been churning around in our mind, that we'll get a clearer understanding. And that's actually not the case most of the time with human beings. If you just get it down to its most simple form, you get a lot more clarity right? And you'll cut through things that had seemed really cloudy for you. But anyway, Rachel's situation is she's in a relationship. She's realized that she hasn't been really functioning in that relationship in a way that helps the relationship grow. And her partner sees a similar kind of thing for themselves, okay? That they have not really been doing it. So she moved out. She moved in with her parents and she knows she wants to do this work on herself. And ultimately she's worried that her partner might not do that work on themselves and that this thing might not work out. Now, as I've already told you guys, Rachel left me a number of voicemails and there was a kind of overriding element in your communications, Rachel that I want you to really get to the heart of. So 
if you kind of read between the lines of what you're saying and get it in a really simple way, what you were saying to me is, help me help myself so that I don't lose this relationship. And what I really got from what you're saying is your complete overwhelm. And I really mean it like that, like an overwhelm at the potential of your being alone again. So I want you to consider, I know you've read Unfuck Yourself and I know you've read, you said you were getting the workbook, do the work to do more work on yourself. You got to read Stop Doing That Shit. You got to read it. You're driven to prove something in your relationships. That's why you've bounced from relationship to relationship to relationship. You're subconsciously driven, if you like, to prove something. And if you tell yourself the truth, like at the end of it all, in your misery, at the end of a relationship, what are you saying to yourself? And right there, you'll see what you're out to prove. This is something about you. The work that you've done on yourself, awesome. And I love that you're working on yourself. It's fucking great. That is the answer, okay? It needs to go a little deeper. You're more fascinated with this person and trying to mend this thing on the surface than really getting to the heart of what's driving you. And I really believe this to my core, right? We spent about the first 15 to 20 years of our lives coming up with a belief system that we spend the rest of our lives trying to escape from, period. You go into your 20s believing stuff, and then you apply it to your life, and you're 20 years into that before you realize that you're desperately unhappy and that this isn't going your way. And you don't know where it all went off. Well, let me tell you where it all went off. It all went off in the first 15 or 20 years when you came up with some fundamental conclusions about yourself and about other people and about life, and you built a life upon that. And that's the same for everybody listening to this thing. When I wrote Stop Doing That Shit, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever written. It was such a challenging negative fucking subject because what I was basically saying was you are driven by that little voice in your head but that little voice in your head is about some very specific things it's about you it's about other people and it's about life itself and it's never positive all your positivity is to overcome that little glowing nuclear existential reactor under the surface of your thoughts. So you're out there in life actually proving your point while struggling to overcome it. You're proving the point about yourself while struggling to overcome it. You're proving your point about other people while struggling to overcome it. You're proving your point about life while struggling to overcome it. And then at some stage of your life, you're coming to terms with the complete fucking madness of it all. Like, what? where am I going? Where is this headed? Why do I keep ending up back here? Like, I thought this was the one. 
And I thought this would fix it. I thought this would take care of that or this. And here I am again, like, what the fudge? Well, that's what you need to understand. You're a, you're a fucking subconscious machine. You are built to produce the same tragedy and then rescue yourself from it. And then you die. <laughs> That's how this shit goes. And this isn't obviously just for Rachel. This is for every single fucking member of the nation right now. You're recreating little scenes from your past in your adult life, confirming for yourself that what you believe in your heart of hearts is true, and then rescuing yourself from it. I'm a loser. I knew it. I'm a fucking loser. I'm winning. I'm coming back. This is it. I'm not loved. I fucking knew it. I'm not loved. Oh, this is the one. And then you fucking slowly but surely destabilize that one so you can get back to it again. I'm not loved. I fucking knew it. It's never going to work out for me. This is the one. Fuck's sake. This is like my big thing with people. It's like, it takes something to understand yourself. I've given you a, a model, right? I'm, I'm out to give you a real logic to what it is to be a fucking human being. It's not psychological. It's more philosophical. But if you look at life through the lens of what I'm saying to you, it'll make a lot of sense. It'll make a lot of sense. And when it makes sense like that, suddenly you're empowered to handle it in new and different ways. I'm not out to categorize you. I'm not out to give you some fucking syndrome. I don't know how that makes a difference with you. And I really don't know how that makes a difference with you. Here's what I know makes a difference with people. When I say stuff like, what if you're out to prove that you can never have love? What if you could identify all those actions and all those emotional states and those internal dialogues that come up automatically and take your life down a predictable path? What if you could see that when it's coming up and choose something else? What if in that moment of being untrusting or being cynical, you take on being loving with your partner? Like, how would that change the day? Here's the answer. It would. It would change the day. Because you see your own mechanism getting hooked. And that's what fucking Heidegger would have said. Heidegger would have said something like, freedom for a human being is in those moments when they act in a way that's inconsistent with their default self. That is, the things that they would typically do, they do something else in that moment. Heidegger said, that's freedom. Freedom from your default self. So, Rachel, you got a bit of digging to do yet. This isn't about losing love. Or even losing that person. That relationship will either work or it won't work. But it won't work if you don't do the work on yourself. Period. What if they don't do the work on themselves? Actually, that matters a lot less than you think. 
you need to get some serious conversations with yourself and put the right kind of stuff. Think about, obviously I'm going to fucking tell you read my books, right? Of course, because I fucking wrote them. But I wrote them to make a difference with people just like you. Just where you're at right now. When you finally understand, like, all those little cogs and wheels in the background, understanding the default self, the one that's built for survival. And I should add, by the way, it's not built for happiness. It's built for survival. And that goes for everyone in the nation. You're not built for joy. You have to create that shit and express that shit yourself. You're built to survive. And what better way to survive than keep living the same old shit over and over and over and over again? Because at least you know how that turns out. No matter how miserable it is. That's why it seems like you're stuck on a fucking hamster wheel. You are. The hamster wheel of your innermost workings. It's not the hamster wheel of life. It's the hamster wheel you bring to life. All right, we're going to leave it there for this week. As always, you guys, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. Please, if you could be so kind, share the podcast on your social media. It's awesome when I see it out there. Obviously, we want to impact as many people as possible. The nation is growing by the week, by the way. I mean, growing by the week. We are more listeners, more subscribers, more downloads every single week, okay? Which is brilliant. And I want to acknowledge you and thank you for being someone that's spreading this word. Because the more warriors we have out there banging the drum for Unfuck Nation, the bigger the difference we get to make. And I should add, we get some fucking brilliant emails from people that are turning their lives around like really like dealing with fucking rehab and alcohol addiction and anger issues and forgiveness and getting over their past. And it's email after email after email. The stories that people are sharing with me are moving and inspiring. And I want you to know every time you open your mouth about Unfuck Nation, you're contributing to that. You are a contributor. Whether I know of you or not, every time you talk about Unfuck Nation and you point people in their direction, you're making a difference. And I thank you for your participation. All right, you guys, that's it for this week. Have a great one. I'll see you on the flip side. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.